What is up, everybody? I'm back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast, where I'm joined by a very special guest, John from My First Bitcoin at My First Bitcoin underscore on Twitter. He's helping bring education on Bitcoin to El Salvador. So we get into a very special conversation about adoption, all the things going on in El Salvador and what he sees going forward in 2023. So be sure to tune in for another action-packed episode and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Help support the show. I appreciate everybody streaming sats and sending sats via podcasting 2.0 i read those out at the beginning of the show as well also check out the youtube if you want to join some of the live streams so we we get a couple i know it's a little bit more variable on the time just because i have guests and other things like that but be sure to check out the youtube join the chat get a little interactive and as always ladies and gentlemen this is not financial advice and should not be taken as financial advice everything you hear in this show is strictly for entertainment purposes only now let's get into the show bing bong i am live with another edition of the state of bitcoin podcast and for those listening on podcasting 2.0 apps, I really appreciate it. The last episode with Greg Foss received a uh, a lot of support, you know, on YouTube comments, uh, boosts, and everything like that. So here's a couple of my favorites uh, from the Fountain uh, Podcasting 2.0 app. So if you leave me a boost, I'll, I'll try to reply. And uh, yeah, I'll read a couple out on the show. Uh, so I had a Dugan Droop. I think I, th- I said that correct. Uh, but he said, great show. Love listening to uh, at Foss, Greg Foss. Today's lesson from Greg I learned was even as a top-notch Bitcoiner, you can still manage risk appropriately. It is okay to not be 100% BTC. It is okay to, to sell when the price is high and then buy low at lower prices. We need more people who can take such a mature, level-headed view on the asset. This will help more than the excessive laser-eyed maxis, in my honest opinion. So I appreciate that boost. Uh, very well thought out and written out. And then uh, we also have at BTC69420, who is a, a very a consistent booster. So I appreciate you. He said, uh, Foss likes clicking the pen. So I know he was thinking a lot and kind of clicking it through there. And then lastly, at Joey's Achilles from uh, the Canadian Bitcoiners podcast said, congrats on getting Big Boss Foss on the pod, killer guest on a killer show, LFG. So I appreciate all the boosts. And then lastly, I want to thank my sponsor at coddle.co, that's C-O-D-L dot C-O. Get your, get your Bitcoin off of exchanges. I don't know what you're doing. If you still have it on an exchange at this point, get it in cold storage and use a punch plate from coddle.co. They've been battle tested through thick and thin. Uh, he's got a lot of videos on his website on about everything that he's tested them on. And if you use promo code Green Candle, that's G R E N C A N D L E, on your checkout, you'll get ten percent off your entire order. Outstanding deal! So get your Bitcoin off exchanges. All right, that was a mouthful, but I've got a very very special guest. I got John from My First Bitcoin. Uh, down in El Salvador, teaching Bitcoin education throughout the entire country. So, John, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm really excited to dive in this conversation. So, I mean, to start it off, why don't you uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, 
who you are and uh, your mission behind my, my first Bitcoin. Right. So um, I'm originally from New York. I moved down to, to El Salvador about a year and a half ago after, after the law was, was passed before it was enacted. So in that, in that space before it became legal tender, but we all knew it was happening. Um, uh, you know, I've been, I've been in, I've been interested in, in Bitcoin for a while, about 10 years now. And I've always seen Bitcoin as a, as a tool to, to change the world, to, to just do things differently, right? Like, uh, to change the incentive structure, um, to make us think more long-term, just so many different ways to take personal responsibility. Uh, it's, it's just a tool to build a different sort of world, a sort of world that I want to see. And, and I was really excited to hear that there was a, a nation that, that was adopting Bitcoin. I mean, I was surprised, right? Like I, I it, uh, you know, I, it almost took me a couple of days to, for it to sink in. Like, wow, is this, is there really a country that's adopting Bitcoin? Like, I thought that it would happen at some point, but 2021 was earlier than than I would have guessed. Um, so, so yeah, I, I was I was excited. I, I think that if you want to see it change in the world, then you have to be proactive, right? You can't wait for someone else to do it. I, I think one of the things that Bitcoin teaches us is that we have agency. We we decide, right? So not not anyone else, but we do. We we should take control in our own lives. And that means that if we want to see something happen, then we shouldn't wait for someone else to do it. Uh, so I, I, I came down to El Salvador just, you know, excited, about what was happening and wanting to, to help. I thought about education. Uh, I thought that would be a, you know, a, I'm, I'm a really big advocate of education generally, but specifically here with, with Bitcoin, I, I just think that that's the, it's the foundation for so many other things, right? In order for businesses to accept Bitcoin, they should probably understand Bitcoin, right? In order for people to use Bitcoin, they should probably understand it. So, so uh, my first Bitcoin had its first class in in El Salvador in September of last year. Oh no, I'm sorry, we're in 2023 now. So September of 2021, um, when th that's when the law went into effect. That's when we had our first class here, and it's it's. I mean, maybe we could talk about this later. I don't want to make too long of an intro, but it has been amazing. The journey I never, never would have believed all the things that we've been able to accomplish. Uh, you know, if I could look back at the perspective of September 2021, I, I wouldn't believe where we are now. And that's that is a hundred percent because of all the people that have joined and and like i'm not a teacher so so the people who are really there in the classrooms and in the streets like getting the students and teaching them um it, it's all the it's all the supporters it's people like you just getting us on here to to get some more exposure so people learn about what we're doing like it, it's been inspiring to see that we could just put our heads down and work and and 
you know, good things will come. Like, I, I think we're really trying to, to live the proof of work ethos and, and see if that, see if that can work as a model, you know, rather than like a lot of hype and a lot of marketing. Um, if, if we could just do the work and, 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 uh, and, and it's worked so far. And that's, that's been really inspiring to me to, to see that maybe we are at the, at the start of what we hope is, is a new world that has a different value system. And that value system is, is proof of work is a big part of it. Yeah, for sure. And you, you kind of got into like, if you want to see change in the world, you got to be it. Right. And so, uh, but that doesn't come without any difficulty. Right. So, I mean, that's why I, I, I've dubbed Bukele on this show, uh, big balls, Bukele, the triple B, because I mean, it takes a lot of nuts to do what he did. Right. Make become one of the first country or the first country to make Bitcoin legal tender. And that hasn't come with a few bump in the roads. Um, you know, I've kind of heard anecdotally here or there, you know, that the Chiva wallet maybe wasn't a huge success. It was kind of it had some issues. Um, and maybe adoption is more so from a lot of the, you know, people like yourself that have kind of moved down there because it's become Bitcoin legal tender. But why don't you give us like an overarching kind of update on, you know, the status of Bitcoin as legal tender in El Salvador? Do most people, you know, prefer Bitcoin uh, or is it still kind of, uh, you know, on the lower side of things? Yeah, so I, I think there's. And this isn't just Bitcoin in El Salvador. I think there's just a trend in the world to kind of go to one of the extremes, right? So in this specific case with Bitcoin in El Salvador, many people are like, well, it's a failure. You know, not, not everybody's using Bitcoin. And other people are like, it's a wild success. Everything is great. And, you know, it's a, it's like like just about everything. It's it, The truth is somewhere in between. Um, uh, the number that, that I've seen is 20%. There's like 20% adoption here. So 20% of, of businesses accept Bitcoin. I think that comes from people that have used Bitcoin in the past years, 20%. Um, which the critique would be, well, 80% isn't using it then. But the reality is that when, when I arrived here, so I arrived August of 2021, it was Bitcoin Beach existed uh, and and there was, you know, pretty, pretty good adoption there, but that's, that's a, it's not representative of the whole country. It's, it's, it's a town of 2000 people, um, outside of there, like here in the capital, uh, I'm in San Salvador now, which is where I live. And that's the, by far the largest city in the country. It's the real focal point of the country. Adoption was zero. It, it was, it was almost literally zero. Like I, really looked for for bitcoiners when i first arrived here in the capital and there weren't any so to go from zero to 20 percent is a lot that's that's you know not to say there isn't a ton more work to do right and that's why the narrative like everything's great is is also problematic for me because i think that that gives the false impression that we don't have to keep, you know, working here that we don't have to keep pushing the ball up the hill. Uh, there's, there's so much, there's so much to do. I mean, the progress has been, has been really incredible. Also considering that it's mostly been in a bear market with the price trending down, if the price was trending up, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure adoption would happen faster. That's just 
the reality. Um, but considering everything, I I think again, if we could take a step back and 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 think a year and a half ago to today, would we be happy with where things are? And I, I think the answer is definitely yes. There's been there's been a lot of um, it hasn't been overnight, but but the trend is going in the right direction. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. And you, you mentioned the price there, right? So, I mean, we can't really escape it as much as Bitcoiners want to say, you know, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin and whatnot. Like outsiders looking in always look at the USD price. They've seen it, you know, go from 69K to now we've had a little bit of a run up over 20K or so. Um, but, you know, I, I guess overall, have you seen the adoption kind of increase even in this bear market? Because, I mean, Bukele has received some criticism because he's bought in at at the times he's bought in and, you know, he's always kind of been like, Hey, I'm buying the dip. And we haven't really heard too much of that as of late. Um, but I mean, you know, as, as an outsider looking in, you know, you see tourism, tourism up, you see, you know, I, I personally never really heard of El Salvador too much. Of course I knew that it was a country and whatnot, but now I feel like it's in the news all the time, getting a lot of publicity. Um, and it seems to be trending in the right direction and, you know, as far as your uh, your concern with like education and other things like that, do you see that kind of still, you know, I guess increasing? Are people starting to see the benefits a little bit more, even in a bear market where maybe like on the outside, it seems like there's a lot of, I guess, negative publicity surrounding Bitcoin and, and other things like that? Yeah, yeah. So we see uh, there is more interest. We have a, we have a variety of different um, classes that we offer. So the one that is most sensitive to the market. So we have we have a a Bitcoin diploma. So we we created this this ten week course, which we we've taught in some public schools, out of some mayor's offices, community centers, uh, and, and that that is less vulnerable to to market swings. Sometimes, if it's in a school, then the students have to take it. Um, but then we also have intro classes and those are just free classes that we have around the country. We, we operate in 12 of El Salvador's 14 departments with these intro classes. And that is, that is more susceptible to, to market swings. When the price is going up, then more people want to take the class. When the price is going down, less people want to take it. Um, but that said, I think what we're finding now is, is, there are people that really benefit from Bitcoin here, and those are the people who are adopting it now. The people who might be adopting it when the price is going up are uh, might not need it, right? They might, uh, you know, they they might be interested to learn more and to see what it's all about. But the people who are adopting it now really need it, and there are people that really need it here in El Salvador. So one of one of our biggest areas of growth is actually not in the capital region. It's in the, the capital is kind of the Western, central Western and the Eastern part of the country, the, the hub there being San Miguel, that's the, the kind of the regional capital there uh, is where the highest rate of remittances are. So remittances make up a huge part of El Salvador's economy. I believe it's 26% of the GDP comes from remittances. It's in the mid twenties, there, which is, which is quite high, 
Um, and the Western part of the country actually has a higher percent of remittances than anywhere else. So that is where we're seeing the most growth now. And, you know, these people are interested in, in their, they're receiving money from, from, uh, from abroad, from the United States or Canada or whatever. And it's the system doesn't really work for them. One, there's fees, although in El Salvador, the people like Western Union have, I, I think Bitcoin could take credit for this, have drastically reduced their fees in this specific market since Bitcoin was adopted. You know, because now there's like it's competition for them. Um, but beyond the price, obviously the fees are still lower for for Bitcoin. Uh, but beyond that, it's like the it's the convenience factor. Uh, it's also there's people from Venezuela here and they can't use the all services. Right. Like it's it's a bad the way that people send or I don't know this how common this is. But I know some Venezuelans here and they send money to Venezuela with people. Right. Like with mules, essentially, like they strap cash to them across the border. And that's how they send money to their families. Obviously, Bitcoin is better, and this is a this is a fit for it's a real use case. Like people need it, it, it and and that is that is where the growth is now. I think it's actually harder to see that in a bull market. It's easier to see it now because there's that that is the growth that's happening now. That is the adoption. Like it's 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 real things. Yeah. And, and like you said there, it's it's in a bear market, right? So there's a lot of, uh, I guess, limitations on the, the outside noise, I guess, so to speak, is what I'll call it. A lot of people may be FOMOing in, you know, it's, it seems like it's a lot more people you know, using it or really a, who really need the adoption. And I, I did look it up while you were talking a little bit, but you were right. You nailed it on the head. 26% of El Salvador's GDP in 2021 was strictly from remittance payments, which I know like, you know, the, everybody knows by now, probably the uh, Jack Mahler strike Bitcoin beach kind of story coming down and, and, and utilizing it that way. But um, I guess overall for your vision of, you know, I guess what Bitcoin means to, El Salvador, are, are more people, I guess, using uh, Bitcoin, the network, kind of like the Lightning Network, using it for remittance payments? Or, you know, do you see kind of like a trend towards using Bitcoin, the asset where people are you know, maybe pricing things in SATs opposed to, to U.S. dollars? Uh, no, I, I mean, the, the, the reference point is, is dollars, uh, you know, maybe like internally within me from our Bitcoin. We might we might use that, but that's definitely not the not the standard out in the street. Um, yeah, and 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 it's El Salvador is also El Salvador is a fascinating place for so many different reasons. But you brought up Lightning, and Lightning is the default here. That that is what everybody uses. Like most people don't really. I mean, I'm sure many people never use on chain. Right. Like it's 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 only lightning. Um, like I was um, I was in New York in December for for Christmas and it's so strange to leave El Salvador now. And I, I don't know, it's like this bubble here where you I, I use again, there's so much more work to do than there's the average store it's the majority of stores don't accept bitcoin that is the reality 
Um, that said, I, without putting a ton of effort into it, I almost exclusively use Bitcoin in, in my everyday life. Like I know, okay, that coffee shop accepts Bitcoin, that doesn't. So I'm going to go to that one. You know, they're both on my way to, to work. So I'll go to that one. There's, it's, it's, uh, it feels, I don't want to be too, too rosy about what's happening here, but it does feel like El Salvador is living in the future. Well, I mean, I think you're nailing it on the head there, right? I mean, I, I've been in Miami. I, I, I'm currently based in Tampa. You know, I, when a, a place accepts Bitcoin, I'm more than likely to go there, you know, whether it's through using something like the Oshi app. So shout out to Oshi or even just, you know, using it through you know, a lightning network where they're using Ibex pay or something along those lines. You know, I'll just I'll just use it just because, you know, why not get that circular economy kind of started? Um, but let's, let's take it back to a little bit about your format of, you know, my first Bitcoin, because I'm, I'm really curious about this education stuff. And you kind of lined it out how you have a few different courses. So, you know, why don't you just, I guess, give us a, a big general overview on your course structure and kind of, you know, how people can hear about it and help uh, help out the cause, too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we have. Four education education tools four different ways that we teach about bitcoin here um the first is just intro classes so it's these one-off classes 90 minutes uh and everything that we do is targeted at salvadorians who are new to bitcoin which again is the vast majority of people here um so we try to be very interactive with our with our lessons. So in everything that we do, we always have people use Bitcoin, right? Like they download a wallet in class and we send them some Bitcoin. They send it to the person next to them. They get they get some experience. And very often it's like an aha moment, like, oh, that's it. That was easy. Like I didn't have to, I didn't, I could do this. You know, like that I think people are intimidated. They think that it takes um, a lot more skill than it does. It's uh, obviously Bitcoin. There's, there's um, no end to how much you can learn about it, but to to start using it is is not that big of a hill to climb. Uh, so we have intro classes, which is where the majority of our students still come from, although that's changing a little bit. Uh, so just to talk about numbers, in 2021 we taught 400 students, which we're very very proud with. In 2022, the year that just ended, we taught over 10,000. So we did a 25X year over year, and we want to continue that in, in this next year. Um, so we have a lot of students in the intro classes. Another thing I mentioned, the Bitcoin Diploma, which is more in depth. This is a 10-week course. So same concept. It's for people that are at zero. Actually, the first three weeks of that is basically just financial literacy. It's what is money? Why is money? How did we arrive at this point? And then we get into Bitcoin. Um, and then we we also have meetups. We have monthly meetups. So the last Thursday of the month in San Salvador, uh, I don't know what the format is going to be in San Miguel this year, but also monthly meetups in San Miguel and then occasionally in other places as well. Uh, but the way that we run the meetups is, again, we're targeting Salvadorians new to the space. So we do it in a different place every time because we're trying to encourage businesses to to accept Bitcoin. 
and this is like an incentive for them. It's like, hey, we're going to bring like 100 people that want to spend Bitcoin. Can you accept it? And we'll teach you how. So we often give a class to to the staff before we have a meetup at any place that we that that hosts us. Um, so at the meetup, we they have to accept Bitcoin and they have to offer a discount for people that pay with Bitcoin. And then we go table to table and we give five dollars in sats to to everyone that comes to the meetup. And if they're if they're you know if they're very familiar with Bitcoin then we just give it to them. Oftentimes those people, especially if they're regulars, they're like, you know what, just give that to the next person. Because uh, that's not really the point for us to give Bitcoin to people who are already Bitcoiners. Um, the point is to, to oftentimes we sit down at the table and when we send them Bitcoin, they'll have to download a wallet and we'll answer any questions. Like one of our teachers might end up spending 45 minutes at that table before they move on to the next one. So it's like a mini sort of class. And the idea is that it allows people to make their first transaction, their first purchase with Bitcoin in the world, in the real world without risk, right? Like we'll give you, we're not going to give you a coffee or a beer or an appetizer or whatever. We're going to give you enough Bitcoin to cover it, but you actually have to, you have to do it. Uh, so, so I see that as like a big casual sort of class. Uh, and then we also offer some some workshops on more specialized things. We partnered with Seed Signer in November. They they came down and they they hosted a bunch of classes with us, uh, which was really great. And we're gonna have some classes coming up to um, help people run their own nodes here. So we do we do have some workshops that are more advanced, but our our real target is to just get Salvadorians off of zero. And we try to do that in a way that is as interactive as possible to make the the philosophy philosophy being show don't tell. Yeah, and and you you lined it out pretty interesting. And I think you guys have really thought this through, right? So you you're nailing the consume not only the consumer, but also the business owner to try to show them where the incentives lie. And so that that's a word I really want to focus on here is incentives, right? So, yeah. you know, I, I think when you lined out the 10 week course, you lined out, hey, like, you know, I got to not only teach a little bit about Bitcoin, but also, you know, how we got here, how the current system doesn't really incentivize them, you know, to to keep accepting dollars or whatever, you know, whatever currency they want to accept outside of Bitcoin because of, you know, the the you know, the trials and tribulations that, that fiat currency has gone through. And so, you know, I guess what is that aha moment for the business owners when you kind of tell them, you know, you, you line out the incentives for them? Do, do you ever kind of see that with them? Is there kind of a commonality between them where they, you know, kind of it, it opens their eyes and you see like visually like, oh, this is the mind blown, like the, the mind blown emoji kind of uh, kind of moment for, for all the business owners out there when it when it really like just clicks. Yeah, well, uh, again, even with business owners, it's easier than than most people presume, right? So, like, there there's actually a pretty wide variety of uh, payment processors here, and they're all pretty good. There's one or two that I've used where I'm like, ah, eh, that's not the best one, but um, you know, uh, BTC Pay Server, Ibex, uh, Bitcoin Beach Wallet, 
uh, strike like they're they're all they're all pretty easy for for businesses to use and and I don't think they realize that they also it's pretty standard that they they get to decide how much Bitcoin they get from the transaction and how much dollars and and it's just generally and this this is true from the student's perspective but also from the business owner's perspective it is easier to use Bitcoin than people think which is why our philosophy is based around just get people to use Bitcoin the first time. And that, that, that is things become a lot easier after that. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, I, I know that uh, not only that, that uh, with accepting Bitcoin, there's comes incentives, but it seems like there's, you know, El Salvador as a whole is making, uh, you know, just the country, very incentive, I guess, I, I don't know, the tax structure for businesses to come down and kind of start their business in El Salvador. It, you know, it's, it's yeah, basically opening the floodgates, opening the doors for any business that wants to come down there and conduct business, not only in El Salvador, but outside of El Salvador. So, you know, are you seeing that kind of as a trend too, where it's not only like just, you know, businesses as a whole kind of coming down, but, you know, maybe some businesses who don't, yeah, I guess interact with Bitcoin, so to speak. Um, not not Bitcoin businesses, maybe others coming in because of those incentives that you know that there's you know no taxes, no business taxes charged if you're a company that comes to El Salvador but you work you know outside, but you're hiring El Salvadorians. That's just one example. But are you kind of seeing that? Just not only is like Bitcoin kind of helping with the development and kind of you know the education surrounding it, but you know just businesses as a whole are just kind of flocking to the country as the incentives are kind of aligning with it yeah yeah there are and uh that is that is something that i think is despite the bear market i think that's actually increasing like the the people that are moving to el salvador and i i think it's just delayed right there's there's a delay on all that there's a delay for two reasons on the government end of things um you know, El Salvador's government uh, adopted Bitcoin and they deserve a, a ton of credit for having that that vision and sticking to it. But the government here isn't, you know, it's still a big machine and it takes a long time for things to happen, um, just like every other government. So uh, they're, they're put in all of the frameworks in now, you know, they weren't, all of the frameworks didn't exist on day one, right? I mean, they're still, they're still working on that. So I think that's encouraging people. And again, how I said, I had some disbelief when I, when I heard about El Salvador, I think, I think that's true for a lot of people. Like, is this real, you know, okay, I'm going to come down and, and, and visit for a week before I make a bigger move. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of people who, we're moving here. And I think that's, you know, one of the narratives that El Salvador has effectively changed the narrative about itself, right? Just a few years ago, if you did hear about El Salvador, then it was probably negative. Then it was probably about like gang violence. Um, now, if you hear about it, then 
then it's different things. And, and, and that includes people who are like, oh, what a, I can't believe El Salvador adopted Bitcoin. What a terrible idea, which like, which on the surface is negative, but it's still, the conversation is now talking about whether it was a good idea to adopt Bitcoin, not, um, which is, uh, you know, maybe neutral, you could say that there's people on both sides of that, but it, it, it's, the narrative has shifted. And I think that makes people feel like this is a place that they could come to where they wouldn't have felt that uh, a couple of years ago. And, and as time progresses and it continues to be a place that um, represents an alternative path forward, then I think more and more people will come. Yeah. And I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, like you said, uh, maybe the narrative around it was crime or, you know, gang violence, something along those lines. But now people are more talking about it based on the monetary policy, right? Like, was it a good or a bad idea? And then people kind of start to dig into, you know, El Salvador as a whole. And then they kind of realize, Hey, you know, it's a beautiful country. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll go and visit. And I know like, you know, as, as Bitcoiners all around the country and all around the globe, a lot more are flocking to El Salvador, just like yourself. So, you know, I, I really appreciate the great work that you guys are doing out there to try to, you know, not only you know, I, I guess market towards Bitcoiners, but educate the local population about it as well. Because I think, you know, from outsiders looking in, it seems like, you know, that, the, yeah, like you said, it's, it's either a polar opposite. It was a great success or it was like a total failure. There's no real in between, but it takes that step of, you know, developing education and other things like that to kind of help you know, build it up. And, you know, like you said, too, it was it didn't really have the best reputation before. Like there's no beating really around the bush. El Salvador was not, you know, this prospering first world country and then just made this wild transition. It was, you know, a country that had, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, just some, some of its difficulties, you know, whether it was gang violence or other things like that. And and Bukele's come in and you know, whether you love him or hate him, uh, there's there's been a lot of controversy surrounding the way and the tactics that he's been using, but there's no denying the results, right? There's, you know, tourism's up, violence is down, and the country seems to be heading in the right direction. Um, but uh, that brings me to, to your plans, right? So, you know, obviously, as Bitcoin becomes more adopted, more people are moving toward moving towards a Bitcoin standard. And the locals are kind of, you know, starting to shift and, and move a little bit more towards Bitcoin. What are some of the big plans that you've alluded to um, for 2023? I mean, you know, you said that you had a 25x growth from year one to year two. And uh, I did the, the quick, you know, the, the back of the napkin math, right? So if you go from 10,000, that'll be 250,000 people you'll be educating next year. Do you think that you can kind of sustain that growth? And yeah, I mean, I asked you like three questions there, so I'll let you go for it. So yes, yes, I think we can. Um, yeah, so in 2023, we're going to do a few things. We're going to just do it. There, there's a pretty steep learning curve to all of this, right? Like, uh, this is not my background to to work with the bitcoin education project and the first nation to adopt bitcoin like this is new for everyone so there is a there's a steep learning curve for for myself personally for the for the project collectively um and and one of the things that i'm excited about with 
with 2023, I, we're going to, we're going to continue to make mistakes and, and learn from them. But, but that's the point is to learn from the mistakes. And, uh, you know, we're starting out 2023 in a position that is much, much stronger than we were to start out 2022. Uh, we, so, so what we want to do is we want to continue to do what we're doing. Just more of it, right? Have, have more students per month that have the intro classes, teach the Bitcoin diploma in more places, right? So that's one part of it is to just do more of what, what we've already done. Uh, another part of it is to work on, and this is, this is more big picture stuff. It's not like we're going to do this tomorrow. Uh, to to work on converting some of the in-person stuff. Basically, everything we do it is in-person. Converting it to uh, digital format to make it accessible to a, to a wider audience, to take down the cost per student, but always maintain that in-person because in-person, I think, is really important. It doesn't scale as well as digital, but like we have graduation, so the, the 10 week the 10-week diploma that we have, we'll, we'll have a graduation for it. And, you know, we'll bring Bitcoiners in to, to kind of verify that the students have, have learned enough to receive their certificate. And we give a little speech and there's people from different countries and we're like, this is the first nation, you know, you guys are the new generation. This is really important. That's why we're here. And like, and people feel it at almost every graduation that we have, at least one of the students cries. Right. They they hug their teacher. They go and they hug their parents uh, after they get their diploma. Like it's it's really impactful, which, you know, I think we'll lose in the digital format. But um, but that's another thing. And and I think the big the big way that we could scale. Is by empowering others to. To do what what we're doing here in their own communities, so. This is version three uh, of the Bitcoin diploma. So every 10 weeks, we, uh, we rush to, to make a new version to improve it. Uh, the first one was, was, you know, the timeline was quite, quite tight. So we knew that, okay, we're going to get feedback from the students. We're going to make it better. And that's basically our philosophy to always, to always improve, to always make sure that we're headed in the right direction. Uh, so we open source this version, which came out in September. Uh, so that's version three. That's where we felt like it was stable enough to to share this with with everyone. And we've gotten really great reception from it. It's been translated into a number of different languages. People have printed it out. You can find it on our GitHub. Uh, just download the PDF of it. Uh, people have translated it into different languages. People have printed it out and taught it in their own community on their own. Like we haven't, we haven't, you know, help them at all. Like they've done it all on their own. Um, so we want to lean into that. So we want to lean into it. And, you know, now we're working on a version in English, which should be ready in, I don't know, late February. Um, will be the first version in English, uh, not just a direct translation, but kind of its own thing, kind of for a slightly different audience, more for, for the US and Canada. Um, and probably easier to translate just because I think it's easier. I mean, we're still going to, we're going to work with two versions, English and, and Spanish, and then people could translate from either languages. 
And we're going to facilitate that and put it all on our GitHub to make it easier for, for people to access it in, in any language. We're going to put everything up on, on our GitHub and eventually on our website. Uh, everything will be open source. All the materials that we have will be open source. But we want to we want to do that not just with educational materials, but with everything. So how we organize the meetups, what works, what doesn't work. Even it is complicated. There's a lot of things that are complicated uh, about this because it's a new it's a new world. So for example, you know, you you asked about having prices in in Satoshi's. We kind of mix like internally. We use Sat, but then for like so accountant is 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 interesting because we we get a donation of a hundred dollars say in in bitcoin we do everything in bitcoin um we get a hundred dollars worth of bitcoin and then when we spend it we spend 105 dollars or we spend 95 dollars right like but we use all the bitcoin so it, so so we're trying to figure out best practices for a variety of of different things now and we want to share that with everyone. I mean, the end goal would be to create a sort of toolkit that we could share with community organizers around the world. This is what works for us. And these are the materials we use to, to accomplish that. You know it's best in your community. You know, we encourage you to, to do it there and, and you know, to, to talk with them. I, I think Bitcoin Beach is a great example of... Um, uh, of, of a lot of things. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of that project. Uh, but they were the first Bitcoin circular economy project. And they started in 2019. And now there's a bunch of them. There's Bitcoin Lake in Guatemala, Bitcoin Jungle, Costa Rica, Bitcoin Akasi, South Africa. There's, there's a, there's a, 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 all the time, there's new ones popping up too. And I know Bitcoin Beach Bitcoin Beach has been helpful to us as well. Like, you know, just lend in advice like, hey, this worked for us. This didn't work for us. Like just, you know, uh, we, we've we been where, where you guys, the challenge that you're facing today, we actually went through that and this is what we learned. So so they've been really helpful to us in that sense. And I know they've they've done the same for, for Bitcoin circular economy projects around the world, just encouraging them to get started. Uh, so, and and with that model, with essentially like open source in that model, it's really spread around the world. And, and I think that's because it was, it was an idea whose time has come. And I think that impartial, independent, grassroots, community-led Bitcoin education is an idea whose time has come. And we want to help push that forward, not just in El Salvador. El Salvador is really important because it will be an example for the world. It's the first country to adopt Bitcoin. So what happens here will create the precedence for what happens in the second, the third, the fourth, the, the whole rest of the world in the next generation. So El Salvador is ground zero. This is really important what's happening here. But that's that's why it's important. It's an important as an example. So we hope that we could create an example and facilitate others to copy that example in, in, in their own communities. What it's all about 
for me personally, like what excites me about Bitcoin is its ability to empower people. And, and this is just leaning into that to not try to control it, but to empower people. And, and I, I really, I really like, I'm an idealist and, and maybe, maybe sometimes too much, but, uh, education has to be pure. Like it has to be independent. It has to be impartial. Like it, if we lose, if we lose that, if we compromise on that, like we'll compromise on that on other things, right? Like further down the line, but because education is, is the first step, I think it's really important that we maintain that, that purity there, that it's not that we don't outsource Bitcoin education to, uh, you know, centralized companies, entities that have their own agenda. Uh, it's important that we do it, that we as individuals and Bitcoiners are at the forefront of Bitcoin education and that we maintain that grassroots independence. Um, so, so that's, that's, that's one of the, one of the, one of the things we're looking forward to as, as a way to scale, a way to scale by empowering others. Yeah. And I mean, we could go through an entire podcast about the, uh, you know, the failures of the current, uh, current educational system, especially in the United States and, you know, you know, in other countries, I, obviously I can't speak to all the other countries as I was educated in the United States, but um, you know, there's definitely some shortcomings in a lot of the, that areas. And, you know, like you said, there's a lot of issues. So, you know, you talked about scaling, right? So, you know, you're, you're making another book that's more translatable for English to kind of the audience of the U.S. and Canada. So, you know, I guess, how do you see it scaling? You know, I you mentioned that others are kind of teaching it right now as, you know, kind of trying to teach people in their area, what have you. But, as more countries adopt Bitcoin and make Bitcoin legal tender, you know, there, there's going to have to be some of those grassroots movements or somebody like yourself that's going to go over there and kind of start to try to educate those people. So, um, you know, on that note, do you kind of see yourself maybe bouncing from country to country to to start this up? Or do you see maybe sending some people here or there? Because like you said, you know, you, we got to kind of keep it in the grassroots movements. we got to have Bitcoiners teach people you know, kind of the reasonings why behind it. So, you know, I guess, how do you see that kind of going along? Yeah, yeah. So it it, it depends. So we were already talking with people, for example, in, in Guatemala, Honduras, and Costa Rica, which are essentially all the neighbors, like El Salvador has a land border with, with Honduras and and uh, Guatemala, not with Costa Rica, but but it's still quite close. Um, so with, with those specific places, then we could have a stronger connection, like a stronger physical connection. Like we could go and visit, like people from, from those places have come to visit us and we could go, like there could be more of a, a connection there and we could work closer with them. Also the, the local context is, is more similar, right? Like uh, there's a lot of similarities between El Salvador and, and Honduras. What works here is maybe gonna work in Honduras, but if it's like Vietnam or something like that, then the connection is probably going to be weaker there. You know, the, the, the local context is different and we can't just hop on a bus and go visit there. Um, so it's, it's going to be a mix. And this is something that we still have to figure out what the best practices are. 
one one thing that we're thinking about so we have a we have an office here in san salvador which we use as both an office it's a house but we use it as a as a school but also an office for us and this year um we're thinking about opening up the same thing in san miguel in the in the eastern part of the country and it still being part of the same organization but having some autonomy to to do things a little bit differently there uh so so really i guess i don't know if i'm really answering directly your question but i think i think it depends on a it will depend on a case by case situation like how involved we are the first ones the first expansions that we make uh you know there's there's two there's one it people have already printed this out and taught it in their own communities and we have no control over that so there will be people that continue to do that but we want to also work a little bit closer with with people probably people that are uh, geographically a little bit closer to foster that physical connection um and again they would be in charge i think it's important that that we don't try to control it that we you know let it let it take its its own course um but we'll be more involved with with projects that are you know honduras guatemala like that's that's just easier for us to to have a, a stronger connection i'm sure we're going to learn a lot of lessons like okay you know what we we made some assumptions and we tried to control too much or not enough and like we should have you know it, it, it's it's early it's still quite early yeah and and i agree with you here and it, and it seems like you know every bitcoin kind of has that that internal battle right where it's like all right do i make it completely open source do I centralize it a little bit? Do I centralize it too much? Like how much is too much, right? Because it's kind of the Bitcoin ethos, right? You want to let it grow and kind of, you know, spread organically. Like you said, you're you're bringing the book and uh, you're allowing people to print it out and teach wherever they're they're at. And people are already doing that. But, you know, the, there comes, but there's positives and negatives to both, right? So I, I see you're kind of trying to weigh it all out, but it's obviously too something that you guys can't, bite off all yourselves either as bitcoin adoption grows it's going to hit that exponential point where it's just going to be you know so many people right so like so many people are going to have to be learning about bitcoin and all these different countries are going to start adopting it so i guess in the in 2023 you know I, i'm gonna maybe make you call call a little bit of a shot here how much i, I guess bitcoin adoption do you kind of see you know happening this year do you think like more countries are going to kind of come on to it? Um, or do you think it's going to still be kind of the grassroots movement and it's still kind of in that slow, I guess, early stage? Yeah. El Salvador is, this is one of the, one of the many things that makes El Salvador a special place. I don't know if it will ever line up for another country the way that it did for El Salvador. Um you know, they had Bitcoin Beach was like a positive example that the, that the government could look at and be like, okay, work there. Let's uh, let's try to see if it could work on a on a bigger scale for the whole country. And and the president, President Bukele, is very popular here. Um, like that's whatever the critique is of 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 
his methods. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a separate debate. Something that is really important to to keep in mind is how popular he is. It's it is surprising to me how not not surprising. I don't mean that as a as a critique. It's just so unusual that there is a president that maintains the level of popularity that he has been able to, which again is 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 unique. So to have a very popular government pushing forward Bitcoin adoption, I I don't know if we'll ever see that again. I think in 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 other countries it will, you know, it's a mix here. Again, it's that mix of Bitcoin Beach, this grassroots project that kind of proved the prove the concept and then the government like coming in and be like, okay, let's, let's scale this. Um, I think there will be a mix in, in other places where there will be politicians that, that, uh, that see the benefits of it. Um, but I think in, I think for the most part in 2023, Bitcoin adoption outside of El Salvador, will be much more grassroots led rather bottom up rather than top down, which is, I think what we all expected Bitcoin adoption to be, you know, and then El Salvador happened. And and I think uh, it's like, oh, is this a different model? Is this how, is this how it's going to work? Is this how Bitcoin is going to take over the world? Like through, through, uh, you know, just a method that maybe we didn't anticipate before. Um, I don't think that there's going to be, Politicians, for the most part, are going to get behind it when the market conditions switch, right? And that's why it's important that there's these grassroots efforts that always work toward toward this. You know, they don't work towards it uh, when it's convenient. They're like right now uh, is a, is a great time to to lay the foundations. Um, so I think uh, I think this is the year that there's a lot of grassroots adoption in places like Latin America and Africa. Um, I'm, I'm much less familiar with the dynamics of Africa, but it sounds like Nigeria is a place where, again, it, it's not that people want it, it's that people need it there, right? Like it it serves a real purpose for people there. Uh, and, and for a variety of other places. Um, so I think this is the year, 2023 is the year that there's grassroots adoption and maybe 2024 is the year when there's more politicians that see the advantages to it. Uh, but this yeah. is the year to build from the bottom up. I gotcha. And I, I mean, I get it too, because like, right, 2024, that lines up with the uh, the next election in the United States. So um, I definitely think, you know, as um, that this is a whole separate other conversation, but I think that's going to kind of line up where people are going to see, you know, like we said before, that's where the incentives lie. They want to get more votes. 
they're going to know they're going to have to have a, a stance on Bitcoin, whether it's positive or negative. They're going to have to ha- kind of stick their foot on the ground in one. But, um, John, you've been very generous with your time. And I want to give the audience a chance to help you guys out wherever they can. So whether it's spreading the word or donating sats or doing something along those lines, what's the best way somebody in the audience can kind of help you guys out and you know help you guys figure out, uh, you know, complete the mission of educating El Salvadorians about Bitcoin? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, our mission is to change the world, right? Like El Salvador is the focus, but the but the objective is the whole world. Um, so it's a big mission and it is we need a lot of help with that. As, as I mentioned before, uh, it is it is I am one small part in all of this. There's some really, really great people who are on the ground every day doing the work. And that is supported uh, a lot of every every class that we have, we lose money on, right? Like all our classes are always free. We don't want to introduce barriers to entry. Um, and and we they use sats that they keep. So like there's there's real costs there. So we rely on the community really to to support us. We also have we we do have sponsors, but we also get a lot of donations from the community. So donations from the community are are really important for us. People could donate on our webpage. So that's meetpremierbitcoin.io or myfirstbitcoin.io. Either of those work and you could find a, a way to donate there. Um, we're tax exempt in the US for US citizens. You could write that off. Um, but we need help with everything. It's not just money, right? We need help with expertise. If you are a great marketer, if you are, you know, uh, a lawyer, an accountant, someone that that is a specialist in whatever field. We basically need everything. We we want to. That's one of the things that we're always looking to do is always improve, always become more professional. Like that that's going to help us scale. Like it started very ad hoc, and we're in the process of just professionalizing everything. So we need your sats. But we also need your expertise and we need more exposure. So shows like this, just sharing, sharing um, what we're doing. So you could follow us on on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same handle. So I don't know if this shows up uh, for, for the users there. But next to my name, it says my first Bitcoin underscore. So that's our that is our handle for for both Twitter and Instagram. My first Bitcoin underscore. So people should follow us there. Uh, and then if you're in El Salvador, then come come to a meetup and and talk to us and and see how we might be able to work together. If you're not in El Salvador and you can come, then you definitely should because it's it's seeing is believing, right? Like what you hear is not true on both ends, right? It's not it, it's nuanced, right? There's there's progress is definitely being made, and that's the most important thing. But there's a lot of work to do. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's great to see it come to our meetup. If you are in El Salvador, if you're not in El Salvador, also come to our meetup because you should come visit. Yeah, for sure. And I'm definitely going to try to make a trip down to El Salvador this year. That's one of my, my goals. So, um, yeah, I'll definitely meet up with you guys and follow everything that he said. Uh, I'll put the links to everything, you know, the websites, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. 
in the show notes and in the comments below. So if you're listening on audio, just go to the show notes and you'll be able to find it. And uh, yeah, support the cause, man. John's doing John's doing Satoshi's work out there in El Salvador. So I really appreciate you coming on, John. And we're going to have to have you back on next year, maybe sometime. We'll see if you uh, accomplish everything you wanted in 2023. And uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate it. And I look forward to meeting you in person. So um, we're, we're going to make it happen. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Yeah, thanks so much for, for having me on. All right, man. Until next time. Yeah, thank you.